Siblings. I'm your host, Araceli, and this is my co-host, Aranda. Hi, guys. I'm Armando, and welcome to Wrestling with Siblings. It's so good to see you guys again. All right, let's get started with Raw. And I believe it was in Cincinnati, Ohio, and none other than Mr. McMahon. The boss, the chairman of the WWE. And you know, when he comes out, he always has something important to say. So let's see what he had to say. Yeah, so he comes he comes out and he's basically like, this Raw is going to be one to remember and it's going to be one for the ages. So right before he can even continue to say anything else, none other than WWE Superstar and now SmackDown Live competitor Roman Reigns comes out and he is like, he interrupts him first for, for the first time. And then he's like, well, what are you doing here is what Vince asks him. Because, as I said, Roman Reigns is part of the SmackDown roster. And Vince was like, this is weird. Why are you even here? And Roman is like, well, I mean, it's been about two, three weeks since I've been, since I was last seen on Raw. And, well, I figured the ratings have been down. So that's why he showed up to Raw. And this is where Vince is like, well... You're technically a SmackDown superstar. You're not supposed to be here. And then Daniel Bryan comes out. And it looks like Mr. McMahon is losing control of everything that's going on. But to keep this very short for you guys, because we don't want to keep you guys waiting super long to find out what happens. This whole thing was like about 30 minutes. Daniel Bryan comes out. And then Kofi Kingston comes out. So you have three of SmackDown superstars showing up on Raw and all waiting for not an opportunity, but I guess you can consider it invading. Yeah, well, they're pretty much there to talk to Vince McMahon about some opportunities. But yeah, it looks like an invasion. It looks like SmackDown is pretty much taking over Raw so far. Yeah, because Bryan says he never got his opportunity or his rematch clause to the WWE Championship, and that's when Kofi comes out, and Kofi's like, well, if you want it so bad... You can have it. And it starts to become a thing where Vince is losing control. He doesn't know how to control all of this. And this, while all of this is happening, he's like, I'm a genius. This is brilliant. He came up with the wild card rule, which basically allows three superstars from SmackDown to show up on Raw and three superstars from Raw to show up on SmackDown. So it's kind of like an invitation type of thing, which I think is weird and there's no purpose for the brand split if you're just gonna do that you pretty much stole the words right i don't know if i was gonna say that there was no point of doing you know the draft or you know switching brands with the superstars if you were gonna have them keep coming back and forth like i said let's give it time see how it works out but so far for us it's not looking so good but like i said we'll see i thought this raw was going to be amazing especially because he promised it's going to be one hell of a raw it's gonna be one for the ages you're gonna be extremely surprised yeah i was surprised to see the smackdown superstars that i saw on raw but i'm not sure how the show went i wasn't completely satisfied i feel like raw has a lot more to offer and in this case that didn't happen but moving back into the show drew mcintyre he basically comes out and he's like well roman reigns is lucky that kofi kingston and Daniel Bryan are here because I don't want to face them. I want to face Roman Reigns. He basically asks for a rematch against Roman because, as of you know, he lost to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. So he wanted his rematch. And then AJ Styles comes out and also asking 
Vince McMahon, what are you doing? Why are the SmackDown superstars here? I was over on SmackDown for years, and this opportunity never happened where, you know, they were exchanging brands. And then Seth comes out, and he's like, well, if you have a problem with it, and it becomes this huge thing. Yeah, Turns so, out, sorry. So ahead. clearly he's losing control of both shows as of right now. Um, that's what it looks like. And not only that, but I think it also has to do that they don't have an actual general manager. I mean, maybe, I I understand where you're coming from with that, but what's the whole point of the wild card rule if that's the point of the, pretty much the brand split? That's why you have two rosters. And if you're just going to be exchanging them, might as well just get rid of the whole thing. But doing that is a problem because you're going to have to share all the talent. You know what I mean? If yeah. you get rid of the brand split, you're going to see the same four people on both shows. Yeah. Same storylines on both shows. So I like the way it is, but you're already bringing superstars and exchanging them from one brand to the other. Yeah, and what does that do? That doesn't give the opportunity to other superstars to pretty much show themselves each and every single week. So you're going to be seeing the same stars constantly in each on both brands. Now, I got to give Vince credit. Him calling himself brilliant and a genius every five minutes was hilarious. That was probably the funniest thing. He's like, I'm a genius. I am brilliant. Brilliant idea, but I'm not sure how it's going to work out. Let's give it a few weeks, and then we'll judge it based on that. It's too soon to tell. All right, let's move on to the very first match of the night, which was Seth Rollins and AJ and Baron Corbin. Very interesting tag team of AJ Styles. And Seth Rollins. It's pretty much the dream team that I'm sure all you guys want to have. Going into this match, though, I feel like Seth Rollins and AJ Styles had the disadvantage only simply because they are going to be facing each other at Money in the Bank. And they don't like each other, clearly. And not only that, but they've never been tag teams with each other. And, I mean, the way they looked in the match, they looked pretty solid. And I think and that's where the talent comes in and, and the willing to win and giving it all. And the paint off, and I think they they did a great job. And at the very, very beginning, you got to see where they weren't coexisting. It was kind of just like, we can't team together. And then eventually they realized how good of a team Bobby Lashley and Baron Corbin are and how dangerous they are when they actually come together. And they were like, you know what? We're going to have to, if we want to beat them, we're going to have to get along. And I feel like they realized that, and that's what they did going into this match. And they did prove themselves, like you said it. Bobby Lashley and Brand Corbin known each other for quite some time now and we see them in multiple matches and what a better way then for AJ and Seth Rollins to prove themselves that they can get along in this tag team match. AJ Styles and Seth Rollins to me are evenly matched athletic wise, skill wise, everything. I feel like they're extremely even. And I think this is going to be a very hard match to judge when it comes to Money in the Bank. Simply because they're, I mean, pretty much you can agree that Seth Rollins is like AJ Styles of this generation. You know, and it's like, if not the AJ, AJ Styles when he was at his peak. Yeah, they both have similar entering styles, no doubt about it. Two of the best of their generation. And it's a tough one to pick a winner. I, I still kind of have my doubts on who's going to win. I, I'll let you guys know as we get closer to money in the bank. She already knows who her pick is. I Knowing her, 
I know who she's going to pick. It's pretty obvious. If you listen to WWS, you know who I'm picking. But we'll save that for next week. I was very impressed, and I mm. keep saying this all the time, but I have to give him credit where credit is due. Baron Corbin. He is brilliant. He is a smart competitor. He knows exactly what his target is, and he knows how to get what he wants. Yeah, I mean, last year was a great year for him, and I think this year is going to be an even bigger year for him. I see him in a title picture very, very soon. Yes, and he's going to be the most hated champion because, obviously, people don't like him, but I feel like you have to give him credit. He has improved in the mic. He has improved inside of the ring. He is pretty much the full package. Honestly, if you really think about it, he is everything you need in a WWE superstar. And Bobby Lashley, his power, man, he has been a lot more aggressive over the last couple of weeks. And I feel like that brings a new spark to Bobby Lashley. Yeah, definitely have to agree with you on that one. And we got to see that in this match. All right, moving on to Ricochet versus Robert Roode. I still don't understand why it's Robert Roode, but it is what it is. Here it is. It's it's hard to get used to calling him Robert because, like I said, we're so used to being calling him Bobby Roode. Yeah, or just Bobby simply. But really, I don't understand. Can somebody please explain why he changed his name to Robert? I know it's probably a WWE thing, but it still makes no sense. I can't take him seriously with that mustache. Yeah, but, me neither. Uh, that mustache. It's just something that just doesn't work. All right. Ricochet, I like him as a singles competitor, and I will say I think, yes, he was good with Aleister Black, but I, th- I think he's even better as a singles competitor. Now he gets to shine. He gets to do what he wants to do and showcase who he really is in the form that he wants to do it. Definitely, and singles competition is where he shows what he's really made out of, but I'm just excited to see him perform in the Money in the Bank ladder match. It's going to be the things he's going to do in the ring, especially imagine a, what's his move, a 360? Mm-hmm. Like imagine him doing that off a ladder at Money in the Bank. And he's a high flyer, but you also have Ali, who likes to do high flying. You have Andrade. You have Randy. Have, you have Randy, and you have Finn Balor, too. Exactly. But we'll get into that later. But Yeah, that comes in a whole different episode, but... To prove his point, like, this is where he belongs, and now he doesn't have to be held back. And he doesn't have to adjust to Aleister Black's wrestling style, because now he can do what he wants. And Robert Roode, hey, if this is going to get him a push, and this is finally going to get him to a championship opportunity, by all means, go for it, Robert. Because I feel like he's such a huge star, and we don't really get to see much of him and what he can really do. I want to see the Bobby Roode from NXT. Yeah, I want to see him as well. But let's just give him time to see where his character develops and where it takes him. And hopefully it takes him, you know, like you said, to a championship match where it does good for his career because I used to like him when he was down in in NXT. In NXT, and for those of you that don't remember, he called him. The first time he saw him, this is the funniest thing, the first time he saw him, he was like, he's a wannabe Ric Flair. And then... One year later, he gets called up to the main roster, and he's like, I love this guy! And I was like, says the one that called him the wannabe Ric Flair. Yeah, because nobody else that I know of comes out with the rope other than Ric Flair. There's been a couple guys here and there, but to make it as, like, coming out with this theme song and coming out with the robe, it's like, really? But I'm telling you, man, that entrance that he does is absolutely 
glow. Yes. Hit it at access. If you guys want to see it, comment below, and I'll post it on one of our videos or one of our social media platforms. All right, let's move on to one of my favorites, who became one of my favorites very, very quickly, Lacey Evans. Before her match, she sent invites to Natalia, Naomi, and Alexa for and Dana Brooke, sorry, for them to join her at ringside during her match. So, Lacey Evans versus, I believe her name was, I wrote it down, Ali Katrina. And this match was super short. It was probably under a minute and a half. And again, Alexa, Naomi, Dana, and Natty were all ringside. And basically, Lacey tells them she called them out because she wanted her to see how quickly she ended it. She wanted them to see what they're up against at Money in the Bank. Yeah, and she's trying to, like you said, she's trying to make a statement and prove, prove a point where if she ends up winning and beating Becky Lynch, that she's not going to be an easy match to defeat. Exactly. So she wanted to prove that point. And none other than to do it with everybody there watching. And then Becky Lynch comes out and she doesn't talk. They just start fighting. And Lacey Evans, smart. She leaves because she obviously she wants to be 100% going into her match with Becky Lynch, which we'll get into a little bit later. But Lacey Evans, over the last couple of weeks, what do you think about her? What's your thoughts on her? My thoughts on her is that she is great. I think she's the future elite, the women's division. She's got all the talent. I've seen her a couple matches, and like I said before, and then I'll say it again, she really caught my eye in the Royal Rumble. Um... She's she's got the full package to be successful. Hopefully, they make this build up to the match correctly. They don't overdo it, you know, because I would hate for them not to to, to pretty much kill it. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you on that one. I feel like everything you said is a hundred percent true. She is the total package. She's got everything to be one of the top stars in the women's division. Here, though, I have to give her credit. She's getting inside the heads of the, of her competitors, and she's like, if I come out victorious, it is not going to be easy for you guys to cash in. And she told them straight up, she's like, if you cash in on me, prepare to have a failed cash in, to be the first woman to have a failed cash yeah. in. So she's taking the stakes up very, very high. And another thing, too, is she knows how to work the crowd because at moments you hate her and at moments you, you like her. So when, you know, she was facing, you know, Katrina. Katrina. You know, everybody liked her because, you know, she did the woman's right. And then as soon as Becky Lynch came out, she completely got serious. And it was like, okay, do we go for Lacey Evans or do we go for Becky Lynch? I mean, she's just the full package. And we'll see if if Becky Lynch is able to come out victorious. I mean, she's got Mm -hmm. two very, very tough opponents who she's going to have to face. So that's the advantage that Lacey Evans has. Exactly, and we will get into that in probably next week because I believe Money in the Bank is next week, so we'll get you guys our predictions next week. All right, let's move on to the Viking Raiders versus Hawkins and Ryder. Very short match again, but it really showcased both teams. I feel like you really got to see what the War Raiders are really capable of, and you also got to see how fully developed Ryder Mm -hmm. and Hawkins are. Yeah, the... They've grown so much, and I feel that each and every single week, Ryder and Hawkins, their confidence just keeps on building up, and what a great way to test themselves than with the Viking Raiders. I see, I got to just to see the Viking Raiders at NXT TakeOver, and I was completely impressed. 
they're going to be up there in, in the tag team division in, in Raw. I believe they're going to be future tag team champions. No doubt about it. It's just the team you have to keep an eye out on. I mean, for the size of these guys, the way they move in the ring, the way they throw themselves off. The the the, the, the top rope. Sorry, the top rope. He blanked out. <laughs> it happens. Um, yeah, so incredible tag team. I feel like you're finally getting to see what they're capable of doing, which is great. But I also feel like the feud and the way they're building him up, building them up, I'm sorry, is brilliant because they're putting them up against all these tag teams and they haven't lost, but you also get to see their weak points. We get to see them being dominated and we get to see them dominate the match, and which is great because it goes both ways. And as you said, we did get the opportunity to see them. I believe this was the first time seeing them. And then next to take over New York, they completely blew our minds and we want to see those NXT superstars that we saw down there come up to the main roster and do what they're doing down in NXT. And falling back on the uh, Viking Raiders, the revival when they first started and they were brought up, they were beating all the tag teams, you know, being on top, and then all of a sudden they get a title picture and then they, they end up getting screwed over. So hopefully that doesn't happen to them, but it's just a matter of time. Let's see what happens. Yes, let's definitely see what happens. Hawkins and Ryder, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they've been on a winning streak ever since WrestleMania. And given the fact that, what, I think Hawkins had a 390-something days or a little bit over that he, had, that he hadn't won, and now it's like he's on a winning streak. And every single time I see him in the ring, I'm extremely impressed because something new always comes out of him. And I got to give credit to Ryder. He was single-handedly taking on the War Raiders, or the Viking Raiders, sorry. They've changed their name so many times that at this point, I don't even know what it is. Um, he he was dominating, and he was really showcasing, I can do this, and this is why I'm the tag champion. And going back on that, that's where the confidence that they had, and I think that was very, very key for them to win the tag team titles. If they continue with this confidence, they're going to go pretty far, and they're going to be champions for a while. 100% agree with you on that one. Now it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be the team that finally takes them down. They've been undefeated. We'll get into that later, though, as soon as we get a storyline going into that. Keep in, match, keep in mind, I'm sorry, this was their first loss in a, a non-tag team title match. So we'll see how they build up on that. Yes. All right, Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns in a WrestleMania rematch. We got to see Roman Reigns defeat Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. This time, there was a bit of conflict, and we'll get into that a little bit later once we start analyzing the match, but both competitors gave a fantastic match. You gotta give it to Drew McIntyre. We say it all the time. He is the full package. He has everything you ne he needs to succeed, and that's great because now that Roman is on SmackDown, I feel like this is his time to step up and really show not only management, but the WWE Universe, what he's capable of yeah, doing. Yeah, to be a star in, in Raw, and like I told you before, Drew McIntyre is one of my favorites. Just like you said, he's got the full package, and it's just, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Randy Orton. His moves are just so smooth, the way he works in the ring, it's just, just amazing. 100% agree with you on that one. I could definitely see the comparison to Randy Orton. In this match, though, 
it was power versus power. Usually you have power versus speed or whatever. And this time it was power versus power. And it was hard because, yeah, Roman Reigns can add a nowhere pull-out pull out moves as well as Drew McIntyre. But it was pretty even power-wise because even though Roman would try to, you know, come up, come up with something to be able to, I mean, showcase against Drew McIntyre... Drew McIntyre was there to stop it. And every single time, it was something that had to do with power. And that is something that's very, very crucial in every single match. I think that WrestleMania match that they had really shaped up McIntyre even more. He studied Roman Reigns more. He knows what Roman Reigns could offer. And I think that was a huge, huge part in this match that we got to see. And again, he's more aggressive and he wants to make a statement to Roman Reigns that he is the other big guy, the other guy that that's going to pretty much run the WWE like him. 100% agree with you on that one. He is more aggressive. He's super super quick. And one thing that I do have to mention that I feel like is what pretty much slowed down Roman Reigns in this entire match is Drew McIntyre was staying constantly 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 on Roman Reigns. He wasn't giving him any opportunities, which is great because when Roman would capitalize, he would capitalize for a minute, under a minute. And that comes from him giving Drew McIntyre the opportunity to capitalize. When an oppo- when it's like an opponent like Drew McIntyre, you have to stay on them because once they get up, that's it. It's over for you. Yeah, and like when he's like he said when he made his debut, he's here to not have any friends and to make a statement. Exactly, and he's definitely proven that. Look what he did with Dolph Ziggler. He completely used him, betrayed him, and got to the point where he wanted to get. And I feel like without Dolph Ziggler, we really wouldn't have the McIntyre that we have now. I feel like that's how he got shaped. And Shane McMahon and Elias, again, another two superstars that showed up from SmackDown. They show up, and they interfere in this match. And The Miz, he starts going after Shane, because for those of you that don't know, The Miz was sitting backstage at the door waiting for Shane McMahon to show up so that he can attack him. And in this case, Shane showed up during this match because he's obviously upset, bitter that Roman Reigns, Superman punched Mr. McMahon. And also another thing too about McIntyre that makes him extremely dangerous is he knows how to make friends that are going to benefit him. Shane McMahon, if he gets him on his side... If he ever goes to SmackDown on this wild card, he's going to have the advantage, pretty much get what he wants. Yeah, because he has somebody on his side. And Elias, with Elias as well. Exactly. So we'll see what other alliances he likes to form in in Raw. I mean, in Raw, he already has Brian Corbin and Bobby Lashley. But in SmackDown, if he ends up going with the wild card, you know, he could possibly have, like I said, Shane and Elias and who knows, maybe other, other talent as well. I, on the other hand, have to focus on Roman Reigns. Um, he has, I don't want to say he has gotten a lot better, but ever since he came back from the leukemia, I feel like he's been more determined. There's a certain type of vibe going for Roman, and you really got to give him credit. He came back better than when he left. And he's focused, he's determined, he knows what his goal is, and it's very, very interesting to see Roman out of the picture because now you're really going to get to see the real Roman Reigns. You're not going to get to see the Roman that's constantly always getting pushed. Yes, he's getting a push, 
I understand that. But you have to see the type of matches he's having now as to whereas he would if he were to be in a in a championship match. Imagine him going up against Kofi right now. How much would that damage Roman Reigns? I feel he's more more confident and more mature in himself of what he could do in the ring and outside of the ring. He found himself yeah. while he was gone. And that's great. That's really going to benefit him. It really shows in the ring what he's capable of doing, and I'm looking forward to see what else they do with him. And sometimes that's what you need some time off. Unfortunately, he had time off because of his uh, leukemia, but sometimes that time off ends up benefiting you. Yeah. You need to come, come back better. Yeah. More refreshed. 100%. Alright. The Revival versus Gallows and Anderson. This was quite interesting. Um, I don't know how to think about this match. Pretty much never even started. I was looking forward to this because it's something new, something different. You're showcasing two of the best tag teams that Raw has or that the WWE has even. But then the Usos come out and they were like, well, Revival, we're sorry. But we did put... We did put Usi Hot, if that's, I think that's what they called it, Usi Hot, in your gear, and then all of a sudden, the revival starts going crazy because they can't take the hotness that's going on. Yeah, and I mean, they pulled a fast one on. (laughs) They pulled a fast one. On the revival, the Usos have been doing a great job on playing those mental games, on getting the revival. Out of of track, pretty much. Not keeping them focused. Here's my thing. I feel like you're right. Agree with you on that one. But I also feel like, what is WWE doing with the Revival? Like, there is so much the Revival can be doing. They could be putting over other talent. They could be having fantastic matches. But yet, you're using them in this segment that does nothing for them. It just made them seem like a comedic act, which is fine because you're you're making your audience laugh. You're getting them interested, but at the same time it's like what are you doing to the revival? Do you realize that it's this is hurting them in some way? Not only to them, but also to Gallows and Anderson. Exactly. You have one of the best tag teams in the world that proved themselves throughout throughout the independency. Yeah. And they really haven't had the opportunity that they wanted on Raw or SmackDown, and you're, they're pretty much letting an opportunity slip out of their hands because they're not being used properly. Exactly, and it's just like there's so much talent. There's so much you can do with these guys. Use them. I thought it was funny, I guess. I was a little weirded out by it because it's something you don't really expect nowadays. With WWE being PG now, you don't really see these type of things. So it was kind of weird. It was funny. But I just feel like they could have gone a different way about it. And especially how the tag team division has been playing out in the WWE so far. I think this is the best tag team generation that we've seen in quite some yeah. time. since probably like the Dudleys and the Hardys, Edge Christian. So they have quite a bit of talent where they could work with. And it's just, it sucks that they're not being used properly. Yes, 100%. Alright, moving on to Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. Amazing match. Evenly matched yet again when it comes to athletics. Kofi Kingston I'm extremely proud of because after 11 years finally got what he wanted. But you also have to give it to him. In this entire reign, he's had some of the best matches you've seen for a WWE Championship match. And you look at Kofi and you're like, well, he's not a high caliber 
superstar he kind of is because of the type of matches that he gives you the type of matches he's having he's delivering and i think that's his main purpose yeah even though daniel bryan did dominate most of the matches because we all let's be realistic on the mat daniel bryan is a lot better he's more technical he's a lot more smarter than kofi kingston but kofi kingston how could I say this? Bring something new. He does bring something new, but he's he's he has a lot of heart. He doesn't give up, and that's been taking him to places. Kind of like the Usos, he knows how to survive these type of matches. Yes. And it's been taking him a while to get to where he's at, but he's finally at the top of the mountain. Definitely. 100% agree with you on that one. Brian, I believe this is his first match back since WrestleMania. Uh, I believe he was gone for like the the last what three weeks. I think it was about a month. Yeah. Tops. So he was gone ever since WrestleMania. He's finally back, and he came back determined and ready. And you can tell as he was saying, he left, came back, and he's suddenly more interesting. He's suddenly a lot better. He knows what he's want. He's focused. He's determined. And I think that's great. And I feel like at some point every superstar deserves a break because they do come back newly and refreshed. Yeah, and it's focused on what he wants, and he wants to be champion very, very soon again. Yes, and Kofi Kingston able to capitalize on Daniel Bryan, therefore him retaining his championship. I'm, a, I'm good because I feel like they're going to give him a long title reign, and I feel like he deserves it. We're one month after WrestleMania, and he's still champion. So hopefully after Money in the Bank, he's still champ, but we'll get into that on next week's yeah. episode of Wrestling with Siblings. The bad thing is that now Kofi Kingston has to live with the doubt of who's going to win the money in the bank and when are they going to cash in. But he doesn't have to worry about that right now up until money in the bank. Exactly. All right. That's all we have for you guys for Raw. Like, comment, share, and subscribe. Let us know in the comments below what you guys want to see from us, what you guys want to hear. If you guys want us to do some kind of special video, let us know. Become a sibling today. Let everybody know. And for those of you that do not know what WWS stands for, I wonder what does WWS stand for? Wrestling with siblings. Thank you guys so much. See you next time. Yep, we'll see you on a brand new episode.